Hi, dear listeners. Um, this is Abraham Bazilai with you, and you are listening to Havarayat and Olad Show. Um, this is live broadcast. Today is um, December 24, 2000, 2014. And actually, we are in the final day of Chag Hanukkah. And um, Chag Hanukkah actually... This is the Chag, this is the holiday that there was a war between Hayavanim and, and the Jewish people. And there was uh, so many soldiers, and we were um, a few. And Baruch Hashem, we had a miracle, and we saw that Hashem... Have mercy on Am Israel, and uh, actually, Baruch Hashem, the Me'atim nitzchu et ha-Rabim, and um, the weak actually won the strongest. But I would like to attend to one of the um, most important aspects about this topic of Hanukkah and what actually Hanukkah means to us. Because we all know, when we read the Chazal, we all know that the fight, the war with Greece didn't finish yet. Didn't finish yet. We know that in the Sifre Musar it's, it's called Tarbut Yavan. Tarbut Yavan actually means the, the the culture of Greece. The culture of Greece, of Greece. And we all know that here and there, each one of us has a part of the Greece culture. The habits, the perspective of Greece people. Yavan you know that the Hebrew language is not like all the others. It's called Lashon HaKodesh. If you know Yavan, when we write it, Yavan in Hebrew, it's like three lines. The letter of Yud, it's a little line. And after that we have the letter Vav, it's a little bit longer line. And then we have Nun Safit. This is the longest line of the word. It's three lines that's actually going downhill. That's the symbol of Yavan. The symbol of Yavan says, David HaMelech says, Tavati biven metzula. I was droned in uh, the water which called Yavan, which called Greece. Yavan actually took the personality, the unique of the personality, the something that people actually special on it, and they want us to be just part of the group, just be part of the company, just be part of the society. I don't want you to be an individual, special personality.
Yavan actually wanted us to be very social, to be with friends, to think, how am I look like, look like by my near society? What people going to talk about me? What people going to say about me? And always, they want us to work just like the society expects from us. In another word, they want to make us forget our individual identity. And they want to create for us social identity. And the Torah perspective actually says the total opposite. Torah perspective says each one of us is chelak eloka mimal. Each one of us is has it has is his own unique. There is something that you are special on it, just like no any other. And Hashem, we always mention it here in the program because this is the base of all that Hashem told to Adam Arishon, look what a great world I did and I made it for you. That's the reason why Hashem created only one personality when He created the human being. Because the world was very, very big. There is a place for billions of people. So why Hashem didn't create a billion of people in one turkey? Because Hashem wants us. He wanted to learn us, to teach us. I want you to know that I worked to create the all creation with all its complex just because of you, of me, of him. Just even, even if it's just for one person, one Jewish people, I want to create a word only for you. And we have to remember this rule. Each one of us has a speciality that no one, no other has it. Each one of us has like a little spark, a little nitzotz Yehudi with a special emotional powers what is special feelings that belongs only to you. And nobody else can see the world just exactly just like you. We all living in one whole world, but we have to remember that each one of us sees the world in a different way, in a special way. And you have to know that since the world was created till now and from now till the end of the world you have to know that there was no one just like you and there will be no one just like you you are a special person nobody else just like you and nobody else can do the work and do the job instead of you and if you miss one mitzvah if you miss one tefillah b'tzibur, if you miss something that Hashem wants you to do, 
so the crown of the king actually lack it's lack something just try to imagine the royal crown of the king of the king of the world it has a lot of diamonds embedded into it and suddenly we can notice that one a little diamond actually lasts so the royal crown is not completed it's not whole and when you look into you see it was you you missed one tefillah you missed one mitzvah Hashem needs you that's what Chazal said it's right that Hashem wants your on tefillah, your special mitzvot. Hashem wants it. When I say about a human being that he wants something, it means he lacks something. The same way by Hashem. Hashem wants to express his if we can say his feelings, it's not feelings, but let's say in our language, Hashem wants something from you. And only you can feel the place that Hashem actually uh, made for you. And you are the only one who can do it. Lefichach nivraha adam yechidi. Each one of us see the world in a different way. You can see 100 people sitting in a lecture. Actually, they are listening to the same words from the lecturer. But each one of us see the things in a different and special way. That's why Hashem says, Lefichach nivraha adam yechidi. In a matter of fact, you are going alone in this world, just you and Hashem. Despite the fact that you can see billions of people around you, but no one of them is just like you. No one of them has uh, the personality structure just like you. Because Adam Nivra Yechidi, you created alone, only you and Hashem. And Hashem is the great Father who loves you, who wished to your mitzvah, who waiting for you to make a U-turn to Him, toward Him. He wants you. And Hanukkah, the power of Hanukkah says, my dear son, where did you go? I lost you. I want you back. How you can forget your unique, your special identity, your individual identity, and you go with the social, you always think what he will say, what she will say, what, my, what the society is going to say about me, this is your interesting, when you buy a suit for you, or you buy a shoes, or you buy a shirt, the first thing you think on is is this fashion enough 
how does society accept that? That's the way you buy closest to yourself. Or maybe you ask, what I like to wear? What kind of shirt I want? Not because what people say. And even in Inyanim Shel Kedusha, even when you actually want to pray or you want to make a mitzvah, are you do it just because of your specific social? There are many, many people, they take one mitzvah or two mitzvot, and they very, very makpidim on it. They very, very keep it very tightly. But you know why? Just because it's very comfortable and acceptable in their own society. But if someone thinks a different way of them, they're going to fight him. They can make a lot of machloket just because he doesn't think just like my way. That's the real war between us and Yavan and Greece. This is the real war that actually continues even today. This is the real fight between Yavan and us. This is a fight on the perspective. This is a fight of the world view. What way I can see the world? Which way I see the world? Do I see the word that Hashem, He is the Manhig, He is the Lord, He is the leader of the world, and He is the only one who decided how the world should be in any single second? And you can test it by yourself. When you're driving a car and the traffic light red and there is long traffic, what the first thought came up on your mind? And you say, oh, what a city this is, is this. What a manner we have. Why did, why did they don't care to, to fix the road to make, the, to make it wider? Why do I have to stop here in my car for 30 minutes? Wait a minute. Where is the HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the picture? In your internal picture? Where is HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Do you say to yourself, maybe Hashem put me on Nisayon? He actually tries me. He tests me. He wants to see if I believe maybe Hashem wants to train you on the Midata Savlanut of the Passion. Maybe He wants you to stay calm in spite of the fact that you're stuck right now when you're very hurry and you're stuck on the traffic? Does HaKadosh Baruch Hu in your internal picture and any way you go in your world or not? This is the Milchama, the war with Yavan. Yavan says there is a nature rule. Yesh Chukei Teva. The sunrise has its time, the exact time, and the sunset has its time. 
There is time for rain, and there is time for summer, and there is time for storms, and it's caused by only nature rules. Is this your picture on the world, or do you believe there is one, one and only leader of the world, the owner of the world, and he renewed the creation in every single second. Rabbi Dessler says that if you take an object, for example, you take a spoon, and you stare at it, and you're looking at it for five minutes, you probably guess that the same spoon that was here Five minutes ago is the same spoon that I see right now. But Rabbi Dessler says, Chazal teaches, no, it's not truth. The truth is that every single second, Hashem create this spoon again and again and again and again. Just because of it's very, very fast, you don't realize the breaks between the, the seconds. And actually, every single second, Hashem mechadesh betuvo bechol yom tamid maaseh bereshit. He creates all the, the old creation from the beginning in every second, single second. And that's what we have to remember. And that's what the little candles are symbolized. They symbolize just like the nair, just like the candle, when you see a little flame dancing, and you ask yourself how it works, there is an oil, olive oil, and there is tetila, and flame. What does that mean? That says the world doesn't works by natural rules. The world doesn't work just by the material that you can see in front of your eyes. Because you see an oil, but you see a flame. What the flame has to do with an oil? I know oil, you can put it in your salad or in your omelet. But what an oil has to do with the flame, how it can keep the flame burning, how it works, is something, something spirituality. It's not material thing. When you put your hand on the flame, you may be feel warm, but you cannot feel the flame itself because it's something ruhani, it's spirituality. Don't believe to what you see in your eyes. Don't believe to the nature rule. Don't forget. Don't forget Hashem, that He is the leader of the world. There is one more direction, the spiritual spiritual direction, that it's invisible, but you have to believe. There is manhig labira. There is a leader of the world.
Why in Lashon HaKodesh the world called Olam? Olam milishon he'elem. The HaKadosh Baruch Hu is disappeared. We cannot see him. It's, he is invisible. But it doesn't say he doesn't exist. Hashem managed the world. And we have to keep this thought and this belief very, very tight into our hearts to remember it. Do not let the Greek people to win us. Um, dear listeners, um, actually, our radio show today will be dedicated to dealing with the special unique of our children and how we can develop it and how far we can go with it to see how many benefits our children can gain just because of the development of the special, unique point, internal point in our children's soul. We also will speak about my next visit in New York on Sunday. And we'll also give you some details about my uh, special parenting course that Bezat Hashem, we have a little change on it. Um, that will be in Brooklyn at night because so many, many phone calls of people that asking and requ- requesting us to make the course in Brooklyn in English and they want evening studies. So Bezat Hashem, and because of a lot of efforts of uh, Mrs. Ilana, Bezat Hashem, we have news for you. But don't forget, my visit starts on the next week, Bezat Hashem, from Sunday for two weeks. And um, we start the course on Monday night, Bezat Hashem, Monday night in Brooklyn. We'll give you more details, Bezat Hashem. Just let me to remind you, our text messages phone number is 347 927-8398 that's 347-927-8398 if you want to call in our phone number 
שמצאתי, אליך אקראי, אליך אקראי. מודה אני כל בוקר, על כוחי, על אבי ועל אמי. מודה אני על גשר, שנתת בשדותיי, לדאוג לאוהביי, נתת לי חי. על יום המנוחה מודה אני על שפע וברכה על המשפחה כל כולי רק בזכותך דע לך דע לך שמודה אני לך חדיי ומכשוליי הם כולם לטובתי, אין אחר בלימי, רק לך מודה Hello my fellow friends, this is Abraham Barzilai from Harayat Anulad Show here in JWet Radio. Just like every year, I will visit in New York this year too, Emir Tzayashem. But today, we have something fresh. I'm glad to announce that we open a new professional parenting course in Brooklyn and Queens. Includes six intensive sessions, morning school and evening school. If you want to join me to an unbelievable journey, call now 347-893-9994. See you there. with you, dear listeners, and you are listening to Hawaii Tanolai. This is live broadcast here with you, Abraham Bazilai. And Bezat Hashem, as promised, today we're going to talk about how we can develop um, the unique and the unique personality of our own child. You know, I had a, a few sessions in the last week with parents And kids, and there is a point it's very painful for me, and I believe for many 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 others more. I want to talk I want to speak about uh one of the lack that we have in our school 
or kindergarten where actually we expected that this is the place our children is going to educate it, but sometimes there is some difficulties that we don't know how to manage. And I would like to explain it. I've tried to explain it. Let's say that you are a teacher and you're sitting in your classroom and you have 20 students, fifth grade. And one of them just cannot sit on his place. He cannot sit. He has to respond for any any little bit of noise, he always distracted. And the management of the classroom is getting heavy and heavy. And you as a teacher doesn't know what to do. So sometimes you start with a punishment. It's beginning in a, in a threatening. You try to threaten him. If you wouldn't sit in your place right now and right here, I'm going to send you to the parents or I'm going to write a note to your parents or I'm going to tell you to write 100 times, I wouldn't do it again. So on the first stage, it's starting with the threat. After that one, it's not help to you. You give him the punishment. And we all can see the punishment that punishment doesn't give us anything. Because if it would like that, we actually didn't find any problems in school or in classroom because use the punishment. If it's really help you, use it. But we all know, even if we don't have the courage to admit, but we all know inside our, our heart that, that actually it's not, it's not the system. It's not the solution. This is not the way to dealing with problem in the classroom. So when the teacher is actually disappointed, he tries to call to parents. He calls to his mother, and he says, look, your son has disorders. His behavior is very bad. I don't know what to do with him. So what do you really think? That his mother has a, a remote, remote control? That she just has to push the button of behave okay, and that's it? The child is going to fix his behavior? And parents today actually feeling so frustrating. You know why? Because they say, I sent my child to the school because I want that some great educators is going to educate him. But when they don't know how to dealing with him, so they send him back to me. What do you really think when you give a phone call to a mother and tell her, look, your son is behave very, very uh, wrong. I don't know what to do with him. What do you really think? Do you believe it's going to help you? 
You don't do anything beside of make them sorrow, but not more than that. So I ask, why? And you know what is the real damage during the time when a student sees himself going outside the class again and again and again. And he have a parent's invitation to the school every week during the time he's becoming exhausted. And his self-image affected. And he feels, I have no hope. I wouldn't, I, I, I can do, I cannot make it. I cannot be any better. So his self-esteem affected. The parents are frustrated. The management of the school doesn't feel satisfied because look what students we have. And the child actually losing his self-esteem. So what is the solution? What is the solution? And we have so many cases. So many cases. Believe me, it's too many. We have to stop this this common effect. Why? You know why? Actually, it depends on the few reasons, but the major reason is because we don't look into the child to find his unique, to find the something that the child actually has a unique. You know, parents ask me, how can I deal with um, when we have a jealous and a sibling? One of my children jealous the other, and he always bothering him and always prestige him. I don't know what to do with him. I always give my famous... Uh, my famous example, the chair is example. When you have five chairs in one room, but it's five kind of different chairs. One of them is a wood chair, and the other is more comfortable. And one of them is it's couch. It's more comfortable. There is a jealous between those chairs. You know why? Because one of us, one of them, can proud and says, "You know, I'm more comfortable. People like to sit on me." And the other can say, "No, I'm importanter than you because I'm stronger than you. People like to sit on me." And there is a jealous between them. But you know the reason. Of, uh, of the envy is just because of that they all called and, and defined under the highlight of under the title of chairs but if we had a chair and a table and uh, shoes and uh, a pen there is no jealous between them because each one of us 
it's an, a different thing with a different use. So, so there is no um, jealous between of them. Do you understand why? Because this is a different object. When you find among your child, among your children, you find the unique of each one of them, and you praise him, and you always emphasize the great thing that your specific child have. Let's say that one of them making his homework very quickly and very good. So don't look for his chesronot, for his bad habits. Just emphasize always the good things he has. And the other one has so good heart. So tell him, you have the best heart in our home. And you are homework maker, the best one in our home. And you are, Yosile, you are uh, uh, the Baal Chesed in our home. Each one of us, each one of them has a unique. Now, actually, in another words, you say, you are a chair, and you are, my son, you are a table, and he is a pan. Your children, each each one of them, actually is a different thing because he has his different tunic. So even when you praise his brother, the other one doesn't jealous him because he wants. I have my my own tunic, and my brother has his. They don't think it by logical, but that's the way they feel the house. That's the way they feel the home. And that's the environment they're actually growing up with. In a classroom, it's more difficult. Because, unfortunately, they're looking for achievements. Because... If I am a, pr- a principal of a school, and I want to show everyone outside that I have the best school in the world, I have to prove it. I have to evaluate the successful of my school. How can you value, evaluate your school? You have to find achievements, something that you can write it down and show to all, to everybody, look, look what a great school I have. Just try to imagine to yourself that one of the supervisors of Ministry of Education come for, come for a visit in a school and he asks the, the principal, tell me, what is a special thing in your uh, school, tell me. And suddenly the principal say, "You know, my students have the rachamayim. They are very gentle, and you know, even when you see them in violent on the break time, you have to believe that they make the the most efforts that they can, and they really put an effort." 
supervisor looking at you and says, that's it? Don't you can show me some reports, some important papers about the tasks, about achievements? Don't you can show me anything? And the principal answers, believe me, Mr. Supervisor, I have no any reports. We don't do any examinations here. But believe me, I know them very personally. I know my students, and they really put a lot of effort. I can promise you the supervisor is going to close this school immediately. Where is the achievements? What are you talking about? Where is the reports cards? What are you talking about? Now you understand why I opened this radio show with the issue of Yavan. This is Yavan in a case of Irat Shamayim, in a case of Torah Mitzvot, in a case which called Talmud Torah. I'm sorry to tell that, to say that, but this is the truth. We have Talmud Torah. It looks very Haredi. It looks very Orthodox. But the method, we manage it by the method of the Goyim. We always have a pressure to gather more achievements and more achievements. And we're all just like in a racer. We always want more achievements and more achievements. And if, uh, and, and if uh, the other Talmud Torah, the Irish school start to learn Gemara on third grade, so we're going to start on second grade. I think it's very, very soon that they will start to learn Gemara in the kindergarten. Why not? We're looking for achievements now, doesn't it? And you know how many sacrifice, how many uh, convicted, well, actually, how many souls we sacrifice on this Mizbeach of achievements. Can you imagine? I saw a few of them almost every week. And when we try to fix their self-image, to tell them that they are the best and they are good, and they don't buy it, do you know how sad it is the fact that you can see a boy 10 years, old, 10 years old in front of you, sit in your office, and he is like Shever Kli, and he, he, is, he is disappointed from... He's desperate. That's the word. He's desperate. He doesn't believe he has a hope. hope. He doesn't believe he can make a change. And his internal feeling is, I have nothing to lose. I can do anything I want. I have nothing to lose. Because anyway, the adults around think negative way about me. So what is the change? What is the chance I'm going to change it in one or two action? It's not going to work. And this is very, very sad, just because we didn't, was sophisticated enough to find the unique of the specific 
child. And when you see someone that you can give him the nickname of troublemaker, you have to remember that he's suffering more than all the others. And maybe he's hiding something. Maybe there is an issue between his parents. Do you know how the issues between parents on a marriage can influence the child? And we actually don't notice about this point. And I just ask, why? Why we don't look into the heart of the child, the heart of the student, and really help him. Now I know a principal is going to say, you don't know what you're talking about. I want to see you, instead of mine, have to manage 1,000 students with many, many classes to dealing with all the issues. Do you have the time for it? Do you really believe you can do something? So we have an excuse. And the excuse says, take him to a psychologist and see maybe he's in need. Maybe he needs Ritalin. Maybe he needs Concerta. Maybe he needs a medication. But inside our heart, we know. We want the magic, the, med, the medication, just because of our peace. We don't have the power to dealing with every single student and his unspecific needs. Okay? So if you cannot do it, tell the parents the truth, please. Why are you forward them to psychologist to check him and in the end of the process to give him Ritalin? Why? If you're inside, you doesn't believe this is the problem. But the problem is you have no power or people who can take care of him. So why you make this crime? Why you send them to psychologist? And he affected the self-image of the child. Why? If you cannot deal with him, say, I cannot. That's it. But why you pointed out that the children is very problematic? He has an issue. Why? It doesn't truth. In most of cases, this is a lie. And what we think? There is no bedin shelmala. There is no judgment of heaven. What we think? The Torah says, "Ki bishrirut libi elech leman sefot aravayet atzmea." When a people made a mistake, and he afraid to admit, "I wrong, I was wrong." He afraid to ask for forgiveness from his friend or from the parents. So he says, "Ki bishrirut libi elech." I will keep going with my hard heart. Just because I don't want people notice that I made a mistake because I'm very important. I'm a principal. I'm a teacher. I'm very, very uh, evaluated person. I cannot admit I was wrong. The Torah says in it, Lo yove Hashem selachlo. Gosh, 
wouldn't give him a forgiveness also. If you don't know to say, excuse me, I was wrong. I made mistake with your son. I made a mistake. Your son is not so problematic. I am the problematic here because I have no uh, many teachers to help him. Or I have no the manpower to help your child, okay? Instead of it, I told you, your child is very problematic. We have a suspect. Maybe he's suffering from ADHD. Maybe he have uh, behavior disorders. When a teacher doesn't know how to make discipline in a class, he doesn't know because he's not professional enough, or I don't know what is the reason. He just... He lack, he lack this uh, character of making discipline. So he says, your child has a problem. He doesn't expect, he, he doesn't accept discipline. He's undisciplined. Because he have maybe, I'm suspect, maybe he has a behavioral disorder. I want you to go to the psychologist to, just to make sure we have no any problem here. Because I'm impressed he has a problem because he doesn't discipline. And I ask, maybe you have the problem. Maybe you are a teacher, don't know how to discipline in a healthy way. Why are we always guilty our children? Why? Well, I know indeed. Indeed, you are the stronger. Because you are on the stronger position. You are the principal. You are the teacher. You are the educator. I know. You are in the stronger position. But remember... כי בשרירות ליבי אלך לא יובא השם סלוח לו. השם, he is in a stronger position than you. And he wouldn't forgive you. That's what he wrote in his Torah. And if you suspect yourself, maybe you are not so match to this profession, to this occupation. Maybe you can find another field. Maybe you can make a great success in another field in your life. Just because you need Parnassah, you went to be a rabbi or to be a kindergarten in a kindergarten. Think about yourself. If you are Mora in the kindergarten, and no one can see what you do with the children during the day, and if you're getting angry very fast, and maybe you hit the child on his palm, or something like that. And nobody can see you. But remember, Hashem can see you. Remember that. Don't forget this, this matter, that Hashem see you. If you think that it's not for you, so just try to change the field. Try to go to, to find another occupation. Why are you dealing with Yeladim, with children? I'm sorry for speaking about it. I know it's not, it's not popular to speak on this topic. And I know that many, many people 
getting angry with me right now because of my words. But what can I do? I had a very, very difficult two weeks. The last two weeks was very, very difficult for me because I saw the painful of the parents. I saw the painful of the children. And I asked why. With a little attention, we could slow this problem. We could don't even reach to this point, the problematic point, just a little bit um, more attention. Dear parents, if you want to share with us your difficult or your question, let me to inviting you uh, to text us a phone number for text messages, 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347 347- Nine two seven eighty three ninety eight. If you want to call in, a phone number seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. You can also write us an email, info at abraham barzilai dot com. This is our new website, abraham barzilai dot com. We're going to a small music musical break, and right after that. To your question. Stay with us. טיפסתי על פסגות הרים בדרך, גם שאלתי בעצת. החכמים לא נתתי לעיניי להסתנדר מהמרות, והבנתי שיותר מדי זה לפעמים פחות. לקחתי לי מתוך השקט שיר לנשמה. Oh, oh, oh. 
uh, I don't know if um, if uh, Ilana can uh, make uh, more uh, to register more people, but I will give you her phone number. Her phone number is uh, three four seven eight nine three nine 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 four. I repeat that three four seven eight nine three nine 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 four you can call Ilana to register yourself to the workshop with other shame in the next week on Sunday we have a lecture you follow um, uh, the advertisement on the radio and you know you will know where is the lecture on Monday on Monday we start uh, the workshop of parenting so join us the phone number of Ilana if you want to register to the workshop 347-893-9994 we start on Monday uh, December 29 now to your question my nine, year, my nine years old son is embarrassed to speak up in a class and shy from the rabbi. He also gets made fun of in class and doesn't have a great social skill. You have an advice? Well, um, I would like to apart this question for two parts. The first part is about the social skills. It's very common uh, effect that we can see uh, some parents or teachers tell to the child, how many times I told you, behave. And we actually guess that when we say behave, the child actually understands what we expect from him. But unfortunately, it's not correct. It's not correct. We have to know that there are some kids, when you tell them, just behave, it doesn't say anything for them. They want to know how to behave. You can see your child rocking on a chair when he eats his supper or when he sits on a classroom. And you tell him, sit nicely. He doesn't really understand what it means nicely. They're not tracking on a chair, but if I cross my legs on the table, is this okay? I know it sounds ridiculous, but I want you to really understand. Maybe your child doesn't know simple things that you actually uh, think that he's supposed to know. And that's right. Maybe he's supposed to know in his age what is uh, what he has to do, have to do, and what he have to avoid from doing. But maybe your specific child doesn't know. When we're talking about social skills, if you see that your child uh, has no a great social skills, try to educate him, to give him a guidance even if it sounds ridiculous, even if you have to explain it very basic and simple things. Teach him how to purchase friends. Teach him how to behave 
and go with him until, you know, the little details, the small details. Even if you probably think that he know he knows what to do or he probably understands me, don't trust it. Try to educate him step by step. Step by step. Now to the other part of your question. He's embarrassed to speak up in class and shy from the Rebbe. First of all, I don't I don't uh, think that this is actually disorder. I don't think this is really problem. I mean, if your child is pretty shy from his Rebbe, you know, this is the sign of the Jewish people. Shlosha simanim, rachmanim, baishanim, vegomle chasadim. The signs of how you can recognize the children of Abraham Avinu, when you see they rachmanim, they have mercy one each other, and gomle chasadim, they very uh, they they make kindness and they help one each other one another, and baishanim, they very shy. This is the nature characters of a Jewish people. But if it's going extre- extremely, so first of all, this is not something negative in his personality, okay? That's, that's the base of the thing. Now, if you see it's going, it's going extremely, he's shy to, uh, you know, to lift his hand, this, uh, in spite of the fact that he knows the answer uh, of the question that the rabbi presented, and it actually affected his position or his degree in the class, well, yes, you can do something. You have, just like any other field in a life, you have to training your child. Training your child. Let's take an example. I know that there are a lot of uh, teenagers, when they're coming, when they're approaching to their bar mitzvah, they're afraid to make an aliyah la Torah. They're afraid of it. Or your child is afraid to go with an ele- with the elevator, to go to, to the apartment. Um, what is the way to training our children in a healthy way. Just try to divide the mission to small parts. I mean, when I uh, talking with a guy who has uh, uh, a fright to make an aliyah la Torah, I tell to his parents, look, two months before his aliyah la Torah, just ask your teenager, please, can you go, can you walk from your place all over the way to the Teva of the Chazan? You know, the place that we put the Sefer Torah on it. Just go during the Tefillah and come back to your seat. Can you do it? He says, yes, I think I probably do it. So do it once, do it twice, until you feel you have no any problem with it. Even if the whole society around you looking at you, 
how you're going and how you're going back to your seat, you don't feel embarrassed. You can get used to that. Now, the second stage will be, can you stand near the Sefer Torah? Just, you know, just take a sidur from the bimah. That's it. Not for making aliyah. Maybe he say, it's a little bit difficult, but I will try. So try it. And do it once, do it twice, do it three times, four times, until you feel you have no any problem with it. And then going to the third stage. Can you stand near the Sefer Torah and just say Amen very loud when, when, some, when someone else making Aliyah? Can you say Amen loud? Um, yes, I can say. And that's the way, part after part. Part after part. Let's say your child is afraid to going uh, on elevator. So tell him, if I going with you, would you do it? Yeah, with you, Father. Yeah, I know. I'm not scared with you. Okay, come with me. But I want you to push the correct button. So do it once, do it twice, do it many, many times until your child has no any problem to go with you. He even running before of you to the elevator. The second stage will be I, as a father, going to be with you in the elevator, but I'm going to close my eyes during we're going up, okay? So just try to imagine I'm not here because I don't even see you. No, Daddy, I want you to look at me. I, I'm, I'm scared of it. Let's try it. Let's try to do it. Now close your eyes. Now imagine that you are alone here. And do it once, do it twice. Just make a training. Just like any other field in the world. Make training. When you train your child during the time when you are part of the mission, the mission, for few parts, for small parts, you can see it's going very easy and it's going very good and I believe you succeed with it. Well, this is my answer to you. Let's remind you, our phone number for text messages, 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. You can also call in 718-683-5858. Right now, I would like to add one more part to complete the picture of Yavan and Israel, Yehudim. As I said in the beginning, when you approach to your child, and you can see that uh, he didn't make he didn't make his homework. Or maybe he didn't behave as well in the Beknesset, in the shul. Or maybe he always fight with his siblings. Okay. Now, look into. If you ask everybody in the street, 
tell me, what is the best way to educate my child? It's going to tell you. It's very simple. You have to take a notepad and a pen and follow your child. And every bad thing that you see in his behavior, just write it down on the notepad. And wait for the evening. Speak with him very gently, very polite. Speak with him and try to explain him how much worse is it and explain him that this is not the way of the life and he is going to suffering from this behavior if he will grow up with these bad characters. Speak with him. But I want you, please, dear listeners, just try to go out from your own personality and put your soul into your child's eyes. How he sees the picture. This is the whole point of education. Not how I look, how I am see the things, how my child see the things. What is his perspective? That's what we have to think. Just try to imagine to yourself, if you're instead of your child, and your boss in your job always emphasizes the bad things you did. When he go over you, and he see you sitting on a computer and make your job, and he say, oh, why you did like that? I want you to do like that. And every time when he sees you, when he approaches to you, he has a command. He has something, he has a criticism for, he, for you. What was your feeling? Don't you looking for another job? And even if you stay on the same place, don't you feel bad self-image? Because every single time you see him, even if he doesn't say anything, but you feel, oh, how bad am I? How negative am I? Because when you see him, it reminds you he's criticized. It reminds you his commands, because he always has commands for you. When you focus your child, when you focus your child's attention to the bad things he has, he has no chance to make a change. He has no chance to make a change because he's desperate. He is exhausting. What do you want from him? You sit with him every night and you account the bad things he did during the day. And you do it, and you actually, as a parent, do it from a good place because you want to influence him, to show him how worse it is, because you want him to make a change. But underline, in another words, you always make bad feelings on the background. You always make 
your child feel bad and think bad things on himself. He always feel bad because he always emphasize the negative things he did. So that's the picture he built to himself. This is the image he's starting to design to himself. Few years like that, what is the chance is going to make a change? Do you believe it? Do you really believe it? And unfortunately, we don't remember it. The way we have to act is the total opposite. If you would ask me how to educate your child, I would tell you, you know how? Take a notepad and take a pen and follow your child until this point, I agree. But here is the different way. But I want you to write every positive behavior of him. I want you to follow him and looking for the good things he did and write it down. And every evening sit with him and open your 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 uh, notepad and start manch. You know, I'm so proud of you. I saw you on the morning, arrange your stuff in your room before you went to the school. I really appreciate that. I saw you didn't forget you didn't forget your sandwich on the kitchen and you put it into your bag. I'm so proud of you. You're so organized. I'm really proud of you. I saw I saw you afternoon when your little sister asked for a toy. You gave up for her. I really appreciate that. And then, give him a hug and tell him, My dear son, I don't know what is the merit I have, but I had the right to accept you from Hashem. I'm really proud of you. That's the way you can influence his mind. That's the way you can influence his behavior. That's the way you wouldn't reach to the point of medication. Because a lot of kids take medication, but unjustified. Just because the principals or the parents just looked for a little bit of quiet in the home or a little bit of quiet in the classroom, and that's it, just because of their egoism. I'm really sorry to speak like that, but this is the truth, and the truth must be said. Please, parents, if you're right now on the stage of before making a decision of your child to give him medication or not, I can't say definitely no, and I also can't say definitely yes. But one thing I can, I do, can say definitely, make a double check. Check all the other options before you give him. Maybe he doesn't need it. Maybe it's not necessary. 
Maybe you can change a little bit, a little thing in your, in your home's atmosphere. Maybe you can improve the relationship between you and your husband, you and your wife. You can see a miracle. This is the hug of a miracle. This is the hug that Hashem actually Kasher Asita Lavutenu Bayamimahem Bazmana Ze we say the blast, we say the Beracha every single day of all the eight days. Maybe now you can find a time to make a change. Despite it's difficult. Despite it's hard for you. But don't looking for easy solution, for quick solution. It's not medication. It's education. And don't forget the sorrow of the little children. They, they cannot say anything. Because just try to, to imagine to yourself. If there is a tense in your home, and the situation is very hard between you and your wife or your kids, you, as a father at home, you can just go out to leave the home and close the door very strongly behind of you, and you can take a rest outside. But think about your little children. Even if they feel in their door, they are going to explode. Even if they think that they are going to, to be crazy. They have no any place to escape. They cannot just leave their home and take a break outside, just walking on the sidewalk. They cannot do it. Who is going to hear their, their sound? Who's going to hear their screams? Don't you have mercy? Phone number for your text 347 
Abraham Barzilai from Harayat Anulad Show here in J-Rock Radio. Just like every year, I will visit in New York this year too, Emir Tzayashem. But today, we have something fresh. I'm glad to announce that we open a new professional parenting course in Brooklyn and Queens. Includes six intensive sessions, morning school and evening school. If you want to join me to an unbelievable journey, call now. 347-893-9994 See you there!
Well, the listeners were here back. And uh, to your question, um, there is an email here about uh, 7.5 years old boy, a charming boy, and there is no any behavioral disorders. Um, in his studies also is very fine, but there is just one uh, problem, that he has a laziness when he approached to sit to make his homework. And the parents actually uh, received a few commands uh, from his teacher, and they ask what they can do. Uh, they write here, we tried in threats and didn't help. Maybe do you have a good advice um, to get us out of this problem? Well, um, the question of making homework actually raised up again and again in our radio show. And um, the answer is very simple. Well, first of all, let's face it that making homework is very, very frustrated thing. Just try to imagine yourself right now as an adult, as a mother, that you have to sit every day for 30 minutes or maybe one hour to making homework. It's very, very difficult because we work to lay on the couch or to read a good book instead of making a boring homework, especially if it's on math. But I'm not saying that you that try to educate your child to not make his homework. But first of all, the base is identify. I mean identify with the difficult of your child. It's not a simple thing to make homework day, day, day by day. That's the first of all. Now, you actually say that he has no problem with his studies. He has no problem uh, of behavioral disorders. Nothing. The issue is just homework. Now, let's try to think about it. What is the reason that he has a difficult uh, precisely at homework? I guess that you have to check. Maybe he has uh, a problem with his uh, shoulder girdle. Sometimes weakness on uh, shoulder girdle actually make him uh, to getting tired after two or three lines of writing, he feels exhausted. And he doesn't know even why, because he thinks that all his friends in the class actually feeling just like him when they're making their homework, but they don't complain of any difficulty of it. So he feels maybe I'm lazy, maybe something wrong with me. But... He doesn't know that maybe he's suffering from a physical difficult or a physical pain that his friends doesn't have it, don't have it. So his self-esteem may be affected by it. So first of all, take him to the doctor to just to make sure that he has no any problem with his shoulder girdle. Now after that. If Bezat Hashem, everything is all right, so now this is the time 
that you uh, that you have to make the the homework hour to make it more comfortable for him. I mean, just try to dedicate five minutes or seven minutes or even ten minutes to sit with him and to help him with the homework, but not I'm not meaning to help him with the studies, to help him to feel good with that, to give him a hug, to tell him how much you're proud of him. Just try to uh, manage uh, some of the uh, good experience of, of the day. Speak on something that your child enjoyed to hear about it, maybe a little story. Oh, praise him for something. I don't know what you find uh, what to speak with him. But this is the way you can talk with your child. Just try to make the homework experience to make it better. During the time, we call it uh, the conditioning law. It means the good experience with the homework always going together because mother sit with me for 10 minutes every day and the the atmosphere when she sits next to me very very nice and pleasant atmosphere so the good atmosphere and the concept of homework is going always combined together when it's going together for one whole month actually he starts to like the concept of uh, homework and even if he will not like it but at least he wouldn't be hated so you helped him that's the way I think you should act and I hope that Be'ezot Hashem everything will be just fine well one more question also uh, via our email box let me to remind you our email box address is um, info at Abraham dash Barzillai. Info at Abraham dash Barzillai. Um, one more question. Hello, Rabbi. We have a little kid almost three years old. He's carrying, he's carrying from the darkness. Um, and we don't know how to help him, and we don't know how to respond um his anxiety is actually started three months ago. What we should do with it? Thank you for your time. Thank you, too, for your question. Um, I would like to choose a general answer, not specific for you, and I'll tell you why. Because it's very dangerous when I give a solution for the questioner, I actually give the answer for the question but not for the questioner because I don't know him personally. So I cannot give um, uh, the specific answer. So I want you to, um, to know it, and I want to emphasize it, that when I say an answer, it's in a very general, general lines. Well, anxieties. Anxieties actually can be uh, springed, can be caused by, in most of cases, the, the, uh, the issue of discipline. 
Because when you discipline your child in a healthy way, you actually demonstrate him and you make him feel that the world is a safe place to be growing in. And he is very calm. When your child is calm because he knows that his parents has her, uh, has, has their firmness and they are strong, he can trust them, even if it's not comfortable to him at that moment when he screaming for getting something, but his parents don't give him, don't let him to do it, in spite of this fact, but he knows actually during the time he has developed, he developed a picture of his parents, they are very strong. And it makes it calm. It makes him calm and he relaxes. And when his personality, when he's raising up in a calm atmosphere, it makes its influence and it it's develops his uh, self-image and self-esteem and everything is just fine. When a child starts to develop anxieties, in a lot of cases, it has a lot to do with the issue of discipline. So if the issue of your specific cases is discipline, just try to learn how to discipline your child. That's actually what we're going to learn also. Uh, it's included in our program, Bezat Hashem, in the workshop in New York, in Brooklyn, on the next Monday. Uh, we start the workshop, parenting workshop, and Bezat Hashem, we actually uh, dedicated a um, very respected place for the issue of discipline, to know why we need discipline and how to discipline the child in a class, in a home. We have to know it. We have to learn it. So I would like to invite you to our workshop, Bezat Hashem. And if the issue is not discipline, because the discipline is very well at your home, so use my earlier advice. Use to apart the mission for small parts. If he has a difficult to sleep on darkness, let him to sleep with the lights on. And after one week, just uh, tell him that instead of using the strong uh, lamp that we have in your room, let's use a smaller lamp and a smaller and smaller and smaller until it wouldn't be a problem for him. He has to getting used, you know, slowly, slowly from strong lights to make it lower and lower and lower until the darkness, just like any other field in the world. You have to training your child. When you're training him one, twice, third, four, five times, slowly, slowly, he's getting used um, to sleep in a darkness. And I think if it's not, if 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 the root is not on discipline, you wouldn't be. It wouldn't be difficult for you uh, to get him used to sleep in a darkness. Uh, well, dear listeners. Um, let me to remind you, Bezat Hashem, on the next week, on Sunday, I, I'm going to landing in New York, Bezat Hashem, and we have a lecture on Sunday night. 
you will listening to the to all the details um, through the radio, and also Bezat Hashem on Monday, next Monday, uh, December twenty nine, we start parenting uh, workshop. I want to give you the phone number of Ilana if you want to register to the workshop. Her phone number is three four seven eight nine three nine 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 four. That's the phone number to make registration to our parenting workshop. This is very, very uh, rare opportunity that I'm coming to New York for two weeks and we have six uh, long sessions, two hours and a half per session. And Bezat Hashem, it's going to be very, very intensive studies. And in the end of this course, I convince that you will go out back to your home with the new tools, with new powers, with new knowledge that actually is going to help you to manage the home better than today. So the phone number is 347-893-9994. Dear listeners, uh, we almost finished uh, the radio show of Haroe et Hanolad. Um, I would like to give you my personal phone number um, as long as I hear in Israel, you can call me for private consultation. And by the way, if you want uh, to set an appointment with me in New York, um, so you can also reach Ilana at 347-893-999. Or this is private consultation. If you want to set an appointment with me when I will be in the next week in New York, uh, try to get an appointment with me. I think that we have a few, um, uh, a few uh, open uh, meeting for you. 347-893-9994. My private phone number for consultation, you can reach me every night between the hours of 10 p.m. through 12 midnight Israel time or... Every Wednesday, uh, just uh, right after this radio show, you can call me to my American number. My phone number is 917-809-4944. I repeat, 917-809-4944. You can call me just uh, after this radio show and Bezat Hashem, I will answer to you. This wouldn't be my phone number when I will be in America. I will give you the new phone number, but right now, this is my phone number. I would like to express my appreciation to Iran Jacob, who bringing my voice into your ears, and I would like to (coughs) give a great thank uh, to Mrs. Ilana, for arrange uh, all my visit the Bezat Hashem the next radio show of Haoret Anolad is going to be from the studio in Brooklyn in America Bezat Hashem next week I will be by you together with you and let me to inviting you personally uh, to our lectures very interesting very enriched and Bezat Hashem I hope we together we're going to do it and Bezat Hashem Every one of us have a great success. Toda rabba,